0: That sounded pretty pro, didn't it? Yeah, it's fluent. I should be on radio and shit. I you should got, have you, that. Should... <laughs> you got enough practice now anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Ninja Fox
1: Ninja Fox Ninja, out. Okay, welcome back then, Fast Jet Performance. My name's Tim Davies, and today we're going to have a chat with a guy who's just gone through OSC and he's about to enter the Royal Air Force as pilot in May. Uh, so, used to work in Nando's, now about to go into initial officer training at Royal Air Force College Cranwell. Um, his name is Jamie. Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself real briefly, mate?
0: Uh, yeah, so as Tim's already said, my name's Jamie. Uh, I'm 19. Um, like Tim mentioned, I've worked at Nando's so for the past three years um nothing too exciting really uh i moved into supervisory um role last year so i've done that for about six months um always wanted to be a pilot um and then sort of in the last few years you know i sort of uh developed that interest into you know a military one as well um and so here i am now uh may i'm starting at the moment I'm unemployed just chilling um being poor and uh yeah living, yeah, living it up for the next
1: two months. Yeah, you need to take some time out because Cranwell's yeah, going to be pretty full on, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be pretty busy. So you spoke to me a while back, if I remember correctly. You contacted me because you were talking about whether it was going to be beneficial for you to finish a PPL. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'd done a flying scholarship with the Air Force back in the day and I, I realised that you're, you had an interest in aviation. So although you'd done a lot of a PPL, uh, it's quite expensive and it's not mm. going to make that much of a difference. So did you ever complete that PPL or not in the end?
0: No, so um, I actually ran out of money uh, before I was able to complete it. So, um, But what I did do is I got to the solo stage and I did one or two flights navigation just to get like a nice grounding. It was something that was pretty cool to talk about in uh, OASC, sort of showed my interest and, you know, that I actually invested money and effort into it. So I felt that was like a good section to do and I don't regret it. It's not a waste of money. But like you said, um, you know, I'm, I'm still sort of on the border. Do I finish my PPL after IoT? Uh, which is initial officer to training or do I not? Um That's something I'm still considering, but I've
1: not finished it yet, no. Yeah, yeah, no worries, yeah. The thing about when you go through flying training, uh, and I was speaking to the director of flying training um, recently, and the issue is sometimes that they don't let you fly other types whilst you're going through formalised training. And the reason they do that is because the flying training in the Air Force um, is is governed by Central Flying School, and Mm. the instructors teach you in a very specific way. I mean, I was a Central Flying School accredited A2 qualified flying instructor on fast jets, obviously, in the attack weapons area. So... um, We we needed to know that the education you were having was one that was provided by the Royal Air Force. So they're kind of just reluctant. They'd rather, during your flying training, you just get the flying training done with the Air Force. Now, of course, your generation is going to be holding quite a lot. So there's there is interest in you actually flying between those um, Mm -hmm. flying appointments. So there's every chance that uh, depending on who your commandant is at the time, you just go to him and you just say, look part way through a PFL. um, I'm holding now for a year and a half or whatever. Can I go and um, carry on? And there's every chance they'll just say, yeah, crack on. Because it's better that you get the education and you fly anyway in your spare time with the service. But there's service clubs and stuff. So um, one thing that people were, there's a lot of things people want to know actually, because you've got recent experience. Um, Do you want to start a little bit and go back to when you first got interested in airplanes and then just talk us through your school, maybe any extracurricular stuff you did, like team sports or anything. And then yeah. how you ended up applying for the, the Air Force, because you didn't do university, have you? You haven't been to university. No, no. So you're quite early on. So it's quite oh, I don't take many people at your age. So you've obviously done quite well in your application to get through. So people will be very interested in those kind of formative years if you want to just dial us through those.
0: Yeah so um sort of gaining an interest in aviation um I suppose it's a bit of a coincidence I didn't have any family um, in the military I don't have any family uh, associated with associated with uh, the airlines uh, or the air force Um, i pretty much sat on the remote um air crash investigation just happened to come on Uh, i thought that's pretty cool um just you know carried into that a bit uh carried on getting interested went down to the airport and just got involved as much as i could um obviously from the age of five until you know maybe 14 there's not an awful lot you can actually do in terms of actually you know flying wires as opposed to sort of smashing out of the simulators um which i would definitely recommend for sort of building your cognitive abilities um so yeah, up until then, I sort of just had it sort of a passion. Uh, I always wanted to um, be an airline pilot originally. Actually, um, I joined the air cadets uh, when I was 13 with a pretty naive goal of just learning to fly. I didn't really think of it as like a semi-military establishment. Um, so I went in there. Um, I was there for three years. Uh, I didn't step in a plane, uh, and I actually achieved pretty much a bugger all, um, which kind of annoyed me. Um, And so that always spurred me on to look at the uh, officer roles because when I was at the age of 16, so I sort of had a bit of time out of cadets and I went back. Uh, And when I went back, everyone who I'd previously known uh, was now sergeants, flight sergeants. And it was a bit, it just felt a bit weird to me. So anyway, I sort of, when it came to my GCSEs, I left off in the end. but it was around that age, 16, that I started really thinking about the Air Force. Uh, it was always in the back of my mind, but I never thought I'd actually sort of um, send off an application, in which I eventually did. Um, and, yeah, I just got really interested in the officer side of things, um, as well as the actual flying responsibilities. And, yeah, um, I applied in May um, 2017, so it'll be about two years to the date um, that uh, I actually applied, so about two years uh, from when I applied to when I actually started IT. So it's a really long, drawn-out process, but obviously they do it for a reason. There's a lot of um, barriers um, and obstacles that you may or may not have to sort of jump over. Um, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. So you, when you, obviously, you work in Nando's, you went into the supervisory position. Yeah. So you were working with guys, and then all of a sudden you became responsible for those guys as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's not easy, yeah. is it?
0: Uh, No, obviously, all of them were actually my mates, uh, which is quite weird. I was also the sort of youngest person at my work. Um, It is a young person's job, but I was only 18 uh, when I went into that actual supervisor job. Um, So, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting transition. The actual guys, you know, my mates were actually pretty supportive. But it was, you know, quite difficult for the first couple of months to get a good divide between sort of being, you know, the manager and sort of... uh, being everyone's mate because you don't want to just go in and be completely autocratic. You don't want to um, be so laissez-faire that you know there's no point in you being there. So, yeah, it was an interesting transition.
1: Yeah, there's a fine line. And you'll find that yeah. in the service as well because uh, I think we spoke before about how you'll come out of IoT or something and all of a sudden, especially as you're holding now for a couple of years yeah, yeah. for EFT, elementary flying training, there's every chance that responsibility <coughs> for commands is going to come early in your position and you'll be given some logistics or, or administration kind of role where you'll be the most senior person and you've been literally six months in the Air Force looking after all these SACs, LACs and everyone else there that have been in mm. there a lot longer than you, of course. And- yeah, of course. I mean, the recommendation I always have is to speak to the most senior person there and say to them, look, this is, you know, this is the first thing I've done or this is quite new to me. I'm not, this isn't my, this isn't my role at all. Can I, can I have a chat with you over a coffee or something and maybe just lean on you for some advice never be embarrassed about that in the service you know this already there's some great men there's some great men and women at all ranks there really are and everyone has their struggles everyone is struggling in their own little bit your job is just to facilitate their their world and make it easier for them so i quite envy you guys in a way because you get a lot of holding time that sounds silly and i know it's wrong but See, what I've seen is, is a slightly different side of the service to most pilots um, that have been just in piloting roles. I mean, I went out to uh, a ground tour with the U.S. Army in Afghan back in 2011. And when I landed at Bastion, you see the Air Force at war. You see the, yep. the, the whole of the Air Force at war. And what I, what I say to the young people like yourself going into the service now is if you're coming out of Cranwell, you've got to make those holds for yourself else someone will make mm-hmm. them for you. Yeah, yeah so you know find someone find a department somewhere and it, you know start a typhoon squadron if you want to but then speak to the regiment flight on the base and say you know you guys active around the world anywhere is there anywhere i can go and learn what you do you'll, you'll yeah. find it fascinating it'll be really interesting so Definitely. you went obviously you've um did you do team sports and stuff did i hear that there somewhere
0: yeah i played a lot of rugby yeah um, yeah so okay. uh, from the age of seven until i injured my shoulder decided it probably wasn't best to yeah if i wanted to pass a air medical i thought i'd better suck it off um so i did a lot of rugby yeah.
1: So so they ask you about team sports and stuff for osc for the interviews
0: yeah anything um anything to do with teams you know whether you've been in cadets scouts yeah whether you've worked done volunteering um, extreme sports uh, obviously normal sports football rugby anything at all and no matter how sort of middle school you think it might be literally mention it it's just sort of another boat here absolutely yeah
1: absolutely because yeah, i speak to some people uh and they have very difficult they have a lot of difficulty in selling themselves they say and i say to them no one's going to do it for you when you're in that room <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's, it's not, not about it's not about bragging or anything It's literally use maybe three keywords or whatever yeah. and just get those keywords out when you're talking about something and you just got to sell yourself in there don't be embarrassed about it it's it's really the one or you know any might have one or two shots at it so academic wise um what do you study at a level then
0: uh so a level um Nothing that you would actually, you know, link to a pilot. I did business, economics, uh, and drama. Yeah. So quite the sort of opposite of what you'd expect. Um, I remember when you spoke to Carl. Hmm. Um, so if you guys haven't seen the video, he's a navy guy who's now um, at Britannia College, um, and he's doing the naval side of, of things. So he's going to be a pilot. Um, but what he said was, you know, he did his subjects because he was interested in them, not because they were applicable to you know flying at the end of the day they're going to teach you how to fly um and if you can show that you've got that actual cognitive ability and um, it doesn't matter what you've done um i mean i did actually start doing maths and physics i got a U in physics as um i failed my economics asl um and maths i quit three weeks in because i just didn't. yeah yeah it, it wasn't me so um, yeah it will that, be that nice. Yeah, remember, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I, I, was, I did that on A levels as well. So I got two E's and then A level. So what I did is um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to university for an HND. So yep. what I try and get across to people, and you know this already, because this is exactly what we do in the Patreon uh, when we talk about, in the Warrior Forum, we talk about embracing failure and using it as a lesson to move forward, don't we? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, and I, I, the, the problem that you have in flying training sometimes, I've written about this before, and some people disagree with me, and I couldn't care less, to be honest with you, but sometimes when people haven't failed in flying training, they get towards the end of the flying training, and they build up so much pressure about yeah. not failing that they just have an absolute nightmare, and it's really hard to recover them because internally they they literally collapse. So failure is really good, and you know you having those knocks or whatever, and you knowing how that feels inside, and then um, being able to recover from that is really important. And that's probably what the uh, the board saw. They they saw a guy who's you know was able to kind of go. You know what? I've I've kind of quit something, uh, yeah. which is a bit embarrassing. Um, I've failed some stuff, which you know I'm not feeling happy about myself. But I picked myself up and done something about it. Yeah, uh, and that's the key. So. And then obviously, so you did that. I love the fact you did business economics and drama. I, I talked at rugby school. Uh, must have been about six months ago actually it 's quite yeah, a while back so
0: actually,
1: yeah. yeah yeah and on, i mean we 'd spoken their economics department, and on the wall was written quotes and they were really contrarian as well they weren 't you know feel good western capitalist quotes they were they were just they were really interesting stuff and I remember thinking these young these young people at rugby are seeing this stuff all the time, and it's broadening their views. I mean. yeah, yeah. I think I think economics and business is really interesting to study. I'm I'm very interested in that, and then drama, I tell people that as well. I think I might have mentioned that it on either something I've written or something I spoke about recently, where I said, "If you want to do drama, <laughs> go and do drama." I literally sure. said that like yesterday yeah. or something, you know. Yeah. So that, I didn't I didn't realise you did that. Um, okay. So you then you realise you put an application in. Is it all run by Carillion still? Is it? I don't know how that's working.
0: Um so it's a lot of it is done by well a lot of the army actual application is done by Captain. Captain. The actual sorry. um the actual RAF application itself is run by the RAF but okay. the it's the, the initial medical that's outsourced. Now it's interesting that Carl initially applied to the RAF because I initially applied to the Navy. Yeah. Um now what most people don't know is you can apply to the Navy and do your aptitude tests early um so i applied when i was 17 um to the navy um got my aptitude test out of the way um again whilst i was 17 um and then as soon as i turned 18 became eligible for the RAF uh straight up um switched up the applications um now it wasn't something that i sort of went in um with that in the sort of foresight in my mind you know i did actually you know think, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll go for the Navy and perhaps I'll actually have um, concurrent applications. Yeah. Um, but in the end, I decided to focus on one. And after sort of speaking uh, to the Army, the Navy, and the RAF, I realized, well, I'll, I'll just swap it over to the RAF. And and what that meant was, um, say, for example, you, you know, time is valuable. And say, for example, I failed the aptitude tests when I was 17. Well, I could do it again when I was 18. If I failed them, you know, six months later, you know, that's six months of waste of time um in my head anyway of course it's not wasted because you can do loads of stuff um but i just wanted to get ahead of the game um and so that's something i did
1: yeah Uh, no that is is valuable i mean that's something that i think we should try and talk about time is valuable um Mm -hmm. especially at your age when you've got a limited time to get an application in and if you're if you try and get into the air force or the navy and there's a period where well, as we know, coming up pretty soon, I guess, is they're going to start restricting applications because, as we saw recently, they've got 350 people holding within the service. Yeah. That's, that's going to be cleared pretty soon. Yeah. There's methods about you know, how to get rid of those people, right. um, and I'll speak to people about those methods. but. If they all of a sudden, they turn that wick down about recruiting people in, you might have to sit around for three or four years. You might have to go to university yeah. or something, you know, and, and then really you want to have got an application in already if you could have done. Yeah. I always say to people when they contact me, uh, should I apply, you know, pre-university or after university? To me, it's an irrelevance. It's like if you want to go to university and study something, then you go and do that because you've got a purpose in life. You know, you really want to yeah. study it. If you really haven't, then put an application in put an application into the service seriously and you're absolutely right I know what's going to happen now everyone's going to go and apply for their aptitude test for the Navy aren't they <laughs> I know yeah the Navy's I'm, going to call I'm, me up I'm
0: going to get the Navy's going to come chasing either, <laughs> yeah so. yeah they are yeah
1: no they're going to come to me is what they do because the yeah, Navy see, it's quite yeah. funny if you put an application into the Navy a lot of the careers offices because I'm a big fan of the Navy it's where I started off of
0: course yeah same same um,
1: they uh <laughs> they they send all the guys to a fast yet performance to read all the essays and stuff and then all the guys contact me and i'm like i'm like thank you careers office for sending these these you know 15 people to me to, to answer emails um so you went up there and you did your cbats with the navy first i guess yeah, same yeah. place is it
0: all that uh, yeah so it's a crime also before you do that you do um i can't remember what the test is called i think it's just called like a recruit test or something yeah. um this is at the careers office to make sure that you can you know do a bit of spelling, do a bit of, you know, yeah, got basic sort of comprehension. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's easy, you can, you can prepare for it. Um, you do that once you've passed that um, and I don't give you the score. I remember I asked oh, and you just sort of told me to shut up and get on with it. Um, so, I went off to uh, Cromwell then, yeah, and did the flying aptitude tests. So that's what okay. the navy call it, the FACS, yep. um, which, of course, is the same thing as the army. Yeah. And, and that's uh, the army and the RAF um, did that. You get the score um, on the day, um, which is fairly nerve wracking. I remember the I was sort of third in line uh, in the waiting room, and the first two people before me came out crying. Oh, so, um, it's brutal yeah no, no it is pretty, it is savage um so anyway i went in and i sort of expecting the same sort of thing and uh yeah so he gave me the results um i then took them uh went on um almost booked uh my um so you do fitness tests before aib i believe okay um in the navy um i was gonna book that but um I'd, I'd already, I'd already advised um, my sort of recruit officer um, that I was looking to go to the RAF, and you know he accepted that. He sort of facilitated that transition. He didn't just say, "All right, well, book her off then." You know, he, he, was, he was quite helpful, which I was pretty surprised at. Um, so I decided not to go any further with the Navy application. Um, I then did a filter interview for the RAF, um, which is. It's just a sort of face-to-face interview um, with the commanding officer of uh, the recruiting officer. Yep. The recruitment office. yeah. Um, it's a pretty similar start to OASC. Um, it's a bit longer, a bit more drawn out. It's not as intense. It's not as quick fire. Um, and what will happen there is, um, you know, they'll either say, you've done brilliantly, um, you've done good, go, you know, go to OASC. Or they'll say, okay, you can go, but it's probably best you come back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, or, or they'll just outright say no. Um, yeah. Um, but they are helpful. You know, they want to get you through. Uh, that's their job. Um, and so they give you as much advice. Um, they'll put on workshops. You know, um, if you contact your careers office um, and say, listen, I want to do a, um, I want to practice a group discussion. Um, do you think you could do that? Um, I don't see why they wouldn't try. They did okay. it with um, me and a few other guys. Okay. Um, and we all, you know, saw each other again down the application. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah,
1: it's useful. That's massively useful. So that's Mm -hmm. great advice right there is get in contact with the careers office. Now I've heard this before, actually. I've heard Mm -hmm. that uh, now I've heard it. Now, this is just me hearing from people right to me that the Navy tend to be very active in getting people into stations and getting visiting days, whereas the Air Force are a bit more kind of backlogged a little bit and they don't tend to do that as much. So there's no harm in asking, though. Absolutely not, is there, to say, look, can I just come down, maybe get a group discussion together with some other applicants and we'll be assessed by someone? That's, that's a really cool thing to do. So you've done mm-hmm. that. Um, you've then So you're at OSC then. You've done your BATS and everything OSC. And there were some specific questions from the Patreon uh, group, yes. the Patreon forum then, that people have asked. Um, let's have a look then. You're in the forum itself. So any kind of fallout from this, you can answer, which is good. <laughs> Saves me cool. from doing it. Yeah,
0: that's it.
1: <laughs> they said, uh, right, okay. So one of the questions here then was, what do you think that you had or that you used the most to get you to the position where you are now? So was that... Was that sheer determination or grit or was that like a passion for flying or was it self-belief? Is there anything that you can sort of elaborate on a little bit?
0: Um, I mean, I, I, I sort of read a post a while ago that you did, you know, I think about the word passion and I know you're not uh, too, yeah. yeah. So, but there is that, yeah, there is that, there's a drive and it's something that you want. Uh, it was something I really wanted um and it's something i still do want so yeah i did have a lot of determination to do it yeah um when i started off um i was still in this half mindset um you know i was in the mindset that i want to be a professional pilot um whether that's raf whether that's commercial flight instructor, aerobatics anything um so i don't think at the start i would have been overly disappointed if i would failed the absolute test yeah but after I came out with a pretty good score, that's when it sort of hit me that, right, well, I've got an opportunity now. And so that's where, yeah, everything I did, yeah. um, I really made sure I sort of spoke to the right people. I definitely do. You know, if you know someone who's gone through it, um, don't hesitate to annoy them. You know, the worst they can do is tell you to show up and, and that's it. You know, I've messaged you about five different occasions yeah. and you helped yeah. help me out when you come. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just got in touch with as many people uh, as I could to, to get advice. Um, Obviously, uh you work on your fitness, um, you know, that's a given, you know, if you if you prepare for that beforehand when you go in, that'll be all right. Um and yeah, you all know, right, I think thanks. Makes sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah.
1: I'm not against passion.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I've written
1: about it, haven't I? Yeah, I, I yeah. just see—is it? Is it um, I prefer purpose. I think that's that's a better thing. Passion burns brightly, and then I, I wrote an essay called "The Passionless Pilot," and it was because one of my students on phase four was it phase three? I can't remember. He's on a hawk anyway. It might be the hawk T one. Yeah. Uh, i remember him telling me look i just i'm not passionate about this anymore and i was like well of course you're not she's <laughs> been doing it for yeah, three and a half yeah. years <laughs> of course you're not passionate about it you know this is a yeah. job this is why they pay you money you know if you if you're passionate about something go and get yourself in a glider or something but um that's the that's the problem with passion and this is why when i don't want people thinking that whatever they go into they have to be passionate about the work they don't the work has to be purposeful eventually yeah. that is by the way because i'm yeah, sure yeah. nando's wasn't purposeful for you was it but no. I, mean, I used to push trolleys at asda and stuff don't get me wrong that wasn't purposeful." Either either but there was something very um physically challenging about it uh when you said about exercise there as well something i'd like to just highlight the fact that although you're doing exercise for your um, physical sense and everything to make sure that you're fit enough for all the tests exercise Mm -hmm. is extremely good for the mind and keeps you calm in in situations that are quite stressful and everything else so you know really get after that um and really get yourself in the gym and beast yourself a little bit if you are working up it relieves that stress and that pressure that's excellent so Obviously, did you have an app or anything that you used to practice for all the um, the CBATs? So and did you have anything like that?
0: Yeah, so I had one app, which I definitely recommend. Um, I think if you don't use it, you're almost shooting yourself in the foot. Um, it's called Pile Altitude Test. Okay. Um, it's basically a direct replicate of the uh, Clan Test, which is a colours, letters, and numbers. Wow. Um, which is what you could very easily fail on it. So if you've not seen it already, it's, um, it's a test. It, okay. You'll have to match up um a color with another color basically you have to do four things at the same yeah. time it's a yeah. bit of a nightmare but there is an app that you can uh, okay. get and it's brilliant
1: um i'll get a link yeah. on the uh, on the site or something i'll give the guys yeah, a call see whether we get some kind of discount on that or something like that that'd be pretty cool yeah. it? No Mass discount users and stuff they probably tell me where to go when they that's, that's what happened so that's fine So obviously using apps that's cool you talked about simulators before any particular flight sims you use then
0: um yeah, so I sort of grew up using Microsoft Flight Sim. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of sort of airline stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in the more recent years, um, DCS World, I think, yeah. I think you've... Yeah, you've yeah I'll do a bit that bit, right yeah. yeah. Um, it is... It's amazing what they're doing it now. Uh, you know the sort of fidelity of some of the things. Um, you can't keep up with it really. No, financially, financially as well. Yeah, yes, yeah, so uh, expensive. Yeah, it is expensive, but it's, it is pretty worth it. And I think um, something that's interesting to me is um, I remember. So my flying instructor, just from a PPL, um, you know, because when I went in did the you know initial landings, takeoffs, handling, mm-hmm. you know, he was quite impressed, and he sort he sort of said to my dad, he said, "Oh, you know." He, he's a natural, and I sort of went, All right, thanks. But really, I, th- I thought, Well, <laughs> actually, I've just been playing flight since the past 10 years. So yeah, why. exactly. Yeah, yeah. All and right. general,
1: yeah, I was doing some work on the Hawk T1 with. Um... Uh, uh, who have withdrawn the aircraft now but um, we did a lot of refining on that it was quite good with Aerolist and I'm the strategy director for them as well we're looking now to put both variants of our aircraft onto something like DCS so that even prior to you getting into flying training you can be working and getting familiar with the systems you see so that's all part of the information system that Aerolist is going to become I I, I bought VR when I left the service someone said um, buy uh, an Oculus Rift or something and go and play DCS I'm not heavily into you know when you leave flying you're not heavily into getting into sims you know don't get me wrong and uh, and yeah. I, I can't bother to work all the buttons and stuff. And it does change so so much. But I got into the Harrier that I downloaded. Yeah. And uh, I've got airborne on that thing. With the all the VR on and stuff like that, and as I got airborne, it was exactly—I'm not being funny—it was exactly like getting airborne in the Hawk with the T2, just throwing the gear up, uh, flaps, checking all the all the panel, looking out and mm. just checking each it, his horizon and stuff. I was like, this is surreal, you know?
0: Yeah, honestly. And
1: I just raced around the airfield, just shooting stuff. So he's got a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um Okay, so we got that then. So we talked about the next one. Then was um, just before we started talking it was about the command situation exercise. I don't know much about this. This came out of the Patreon group. Someone was interested in uh, how you briefed your teams and how you tackled the tasks and handled any team failures. Really, on there's two, isn't there? Am I right in thinking there's two?
0: Yeah. So, well, there's um, there's a few group group ones. So you've got um, you've got an actual lead. So where you're in um, you're on the lead of your what's called a syndicate, which is okay. I think a group of like six people or something, okay. you know, like that. Um, Within that syndicate, you then go and do a lot of group exercises. So you do a group planning exercise, which is sitting down and you know figuring out how to speed, distance, time. Um, they'll throw problems at you. You just come up with you know innovative solutions. Um, you have a group discussion, which is where you just sort of um, you get chucked a random topic. You know mm-hmm. um, they'll say Brexit discuss, and you know yeah. you have to say why it's an absolute minefield and awful and etc. Or you could be the devil's advocate um, yeah. and, you know, you can challenge it, even if it's not what you believe. They don't care. Um, okay. They don't care what you think, as long as you actually have the sort of uh, guts to say and, you know, sort of have a bit of conviction of what you're saying. But yeah. what, what you were saying with the actual lead, um, so that's more sort of um, you've got a bunch of planks, uh, get from A to B, you can't touch the floor, you can't do this, and you've got a certain set of parameters um i said i didn't get anything out of cadets um what i'll sort of retract that a bit one thing that i really did learn is um the way the raf want you to sort of uh lead in these situations they want you to be very sort of vocal very like standing up straight you know okay being very clear concise uh with everything you say uh being enthusiastic uh listening because it's about followership as well it's not just about leadership yes it's about followership yes yeah. um and you know essentially what i would sort of say is you're not always going to have the answer uh, to your exercise and quite often well actually no one no one actually completed them none of us did um but if you don't know what you're doing quite often your team member will um make a suggestion now the people that failed were the people that sort of just disregarded what they said the people that did a bit better um you know they had a quiet word with that person and then they took ownership of that idea and then sort of applied it as their own. So they're using their team's initiatives and then um, giving their own directive and their own leadership, um, which is something you want to do. Use your team always in those exercises.
1: There was a Star Trek exercise, and I don't watch Star Trek. Someone told me about this. Um, mm. It was an exercise, wasn't it, where they, they couldn't pass it. I can't remember what it was called. And I was only looking at it like yesterday. Oh, there we are, the Kobayashi Maru right yeah, i'm not even into it's in <laughs> no, the starfleet academy people are yeah. into this stuff like you read about seriously right. that's, that's yeah cool. it's all good isn't it i mean I'm not, have, yeah. someone said that to me they said oh yeah yeah have you seen the star trek films i was like no i haven't seen any of them he's like i couldn't believe i hadn't seen star trek films <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, you know that's, that's my life is like i need to go and watch star trek now the rest of my life but um that Kobe Maru thing was the um the trial that they do where in the Starfleet Academy that you can't pass apparently. And oh, okay. I think one of the key points that you just said there is some of these command tasks probably can't complete can't can be completed in the time they give you. They just want to see how you get on with that. Yeah. So, um that's really interesting. That's quite important. So then that was pretty much the the command task then let's have a look then there was the last one that came out of the group here and this is a bit interesting this is a bit subjective it really just says if there's anything that you think that set you apart from the rest of the guys or girls at osc uh, and that's because there's a guy in the group that went for a whiz up and uh, he's he's joining in june i think it is um, and he was deemed uncompetitive to pilot and he's also right. asking it's a bit of a two-part question so first part did you you know what do you think set you apart from any? i mean did you see other people like bickering between themselves and you decided to stay quiet something i don't know i'm not putting words in your mouth and then what roles do you expect to do whilst in flying training hold and how do you feel about this and we'll chat about holding again in a second yeah yeah so do you see yourself when you were there at OSC that you were in any way different from anyone else that was there
0: okay so the sort of scoring um the sort of scoring brackets are split down into a few different things so you've got um you've got your c first off that is a Numerical value that they give you okay. that will put you up or down. Um, there's the fitness again. That's a numerical value. You're either you've either got good fitness or bad fitness, yeah. and that'll you know accordingly put you up or down. Um, so you want to max out them as much as you can. Okay. Um, now the actual team, uh, the team exercises. I say, you know, I think I think I'd be lying if I said i could think of one thing that's sort of like yeah set me apart from everyone um there's a lot to your application and the interview shouldn't be underestimated it's a really really important time to sell yourself um but to be honest the group exercises they are just about confidence um confidence humility um and you know quite often um in, you know you just need to get you just need to get involved really it's, mm. it's about it's about participation if you want to be there you want to be there yeah um, and if other people um are sort of being a bit quiet you know get them involved um you know i think it's just about it's just about being keen honestly it's really about being keen you know run over the hurdles jump when they say jump, do do everything um to you know to the absolute best best that you can do but just make sure you're You've got a nice divide between um, being, you know, having all the right ideas and saying the right things, but you also don't want to be overbearingly uh, loud, or obnoxious or annoying because I actually saw, um, you know, you can actually see the sort of director staff literally tell these people to be quiet and it's kind of embarrassing and you'd hate to be in their shoes. So don't be, don't be overbearing. Um, let people speak. Um, but, you know, just elaborate on... You know, when someone else says something, you know, elaborate on it, and yeah, just get involved. Really, just yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: That's the same thing. Yeah. it's the same My my dad, my father's a Royal marine. He said the same thing. You know, it's you know, it's not training unless it's raining type of thing. And there's always that oh, kind of yeah. that, that bootneck humour, you know what I mean? And it's, yeah. it's a very dark black humour. And the key, even when you're like, you know, you're in these events is to keep smiling, isn't it? And to keep moving through it. And it's an experience. Yeah, and I say to people, look, they, this is the thing about being selected to even get to OSE in the first place is they're obviously interested in you. And they, they wouldn't have even asked you to come up there. So, you, you know, go and enjoy that experience. And the worst thing you could ever do is go up there and be someone other than yourself and then fail it. Can you imagine that? If you weren't mm, yourself yeah. and then you failed, you'd just be thinking, well, if I'd been myself, maybe I'd have passed it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the key go up there, you know, have a great time. It's a real learning experience. Um, and the other, I was going to say one other thing there where you said that you were interested in not just the military, it was aviation in general. Yeah. To kind of recap on that. And that's what I say to a lot of people as well. A good friend of mine, Andy Neofitu, uh, is an airline pilot for BA, I think, on the 787. He runs Flight Deck Wingman. I'm going to get him on this at some point. He's big into getting guys into airlines, you know, that kind of stuff. Big into it. So um, uh, my kid brother right now, he's out at Emirates flying on a 777. So, um, uh, again, you know, these guys are doing this kind of stuff. It's not not for me, but it's for them. And uh, so don't just... Just don't just put your, your massive focus into one area. You know, aviation is, is a huge, big place. Definitely So not. now you're going in. So, May, you'll go in and you'll, you'll face what is Cranwell, which you'll love, of course, <laughs> which is brilliant. And it is an experience. And also, here's the thing as well. Um, I remember this about Dartmouth when I was there. Someone said to me, they said, not everyone gets selected to come through Dartmouth. I mean, seriously, it's a real privilege, so treat it as a privilege, and mm. I'm saying the same thing, I mean, you think about who's been before you across, you know, in College Hall, uh, who's had a beer in College Hall, Officer's Mess, it's a, it's a real privilege, especially at your age, you know this, right, to get in, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's awesome, so, um, you know, really, really awesome, it's going to be great, you're going to have a great time, the amount, you know, I've had a few beers in my time in Daedalus and Charm and York House and all those places, you'll have fun. Now you're in the service. You're doing initial officer training. Obviously, you're no. going to put all the effort into that. As you said, don't be the guy that manks around. Be the guy that you know digs out. Be the guy that helps other people when they're down, and that will be massively noted. Always be mm. that person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you come out of Cranwell now. So now, obviously, you're probably going to have to wait a couple of years before you start flying on EFT on the on the grog Prefect. Yeah. And
0: yeah. you
1: knew that before you stepped in. You know, that's the
0: thing. Did yeah yeah I yeah of course.
1: So you know there's going to be a time that you know you're going to have to put up with the fact that you're in flying training but you're not um but before you before you even applied then you're aware of the fact that holds in the service were quite excessive i think the report came out recently that said it's going to take seven years to get someone on the fast jets now by the time you start training of course that that will come down because i I know people are interested in reducing that five years for for multis four years for rotary it's quite a long process
0: Yeah,
1: yeah so but you knew that before you joined but that's still something that you that didn't bother you at all you were like i still want to get in there and be an officer in the majesty's royal air force
0: yeah i didn't actually know when i applied um i don't think it would have changed my mind yeah okay. uh, yeah but i you know there's, there's a there's a guy um, a friend of mine um who's pretty much directly a year above me in every sense so um in the sort of so i did not go to the same school as him yeah um but he's a year above me in school um he's a year ahead of me in the ref he finished um, IOT last year. Um, he actually got back off, um, and his hold, he's ended up with the Red Arrows. Yeah, so, um So, you know, happy, happy days for him. He's, he's had a couple of flights with them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, hopefully I'll uh, land myself a fluky little hold like that. But, um, like I'm sure you're about to say, um, the holds aren't always that uh, that glamorous.
1: they will be fine. Seriously, they will be fine. I would mix it up because yeah. once you're in flying training uh you are probably not going to be able to go and nudge yeah, a regiment yeah. and, and get a awesome regiment hold out somewhere regiment guys are awesome that's the thing i'll go go and see the regiment flight those are those are a bunch of awesome guys you know they're, they're yeah. people don't realize what they did out in theater and stuff they're very very undersold they're like the special forces type thing in protecting air bases it's just they're incredible guys go and make yeah. friends with them you'll learn a lot but also you know phone up squadrons and you'll be briefed on this when you're in anyway the royal air force is about flying and you're going to be a pilot you've got a responsibility to educate yourself on flying and you know this so don't spend all your time going off and playing with with regiment flight <laughs> you know, at some <laughs> yeah, point yeah. at some point you've got to try get yourself flying and um, yes there's a group captain moriarty at the moment is Commandant three fds he used to be a boss of mine on 208 squadron back of valley on the hawk t1 he's a great guy you'll meet him uh he's very interested in getting people on holds airborne so you know Uh, um go and speak to his office get yourself down go and play with prefect go and play with um well, phone up the Hawks, for example. I mean, you yeah. know, when I, when I was I was in Navy, I held down at Fradu, which was seven three six. Now, there's no reason why you, if you can't get a flying hole on jets, you could phone up seven three six. That's Barry, is it? I believe down in Coldrose, mate of mine. Yeah, if he's still there. Um, but phone up Valley. You know, we used to take holding guys in on T2, we used to fly them all the time. In fact, when I was um, a flight one, they get more flying than I was. I was like, seriously, you flying again? <laughs> I was like, you need to do yeah, my yeah. job. Yeah, this guy, there was a guy there who was always in the jet. I'm like, geez. Um, so that's pretty oh, yeah. cool. And then anything in between. So, one thing we haven't talked about, of course, and I know people will really be interested, is what what ambition you have for what type you want to fly. Mm. Have you thought about that at all?
0: Um, yeah, well, I suppose I'm, I'm sort of. Uh... The same as every fast uh, fast jet jock wannabe okay so uh I'd, I, yeah, I'd love to go down that route um i wouldn't throw my rattle like at the prime if i didn't get it no um i'll happily fly anything but i would be really really determined to um to yeah get onto the fast jet course
1: yeah definitely and i would say as well that i mean by all means you know you've got to tell people one of the things and we'll cover this in the patreon group as well we go deep into this in the patreon group um you can't expect people to know what you want the reason i ended up flying fast jets i think i've told this yeah. story before and i'll be real brief because yeah, i want to hear yeah, more yeah. from you but i actually went to the senior naval officer at cranwell as i was finishing eft and the whole thinking was that everyone i was a naval officer at the time of course um everyone on the firefly at the time all the navy pilots there was just this thing about going helicopters which just just was what you did you went helicopters yeah. and i thought well I, i'll give i'll give harry a shot you know why not no one else seems yeah. to want to do it And uh, so I just walked to his office. It took me ages. He was on the other side of the camp at Cranwell and I just knocked on his door and said, can I have two minutes? He said yes. And I said, "Um, I just wonder whether there's, you know, is there a chance I can go on to the Harrier? And he was like, oh yeah, if you want to. Yeah, it's fine. Everyone wants helicopters. If you want the Harrier, I'll put you through. It was that simple. It was literally, and if I hadn't done it, I'd be on a helicopter. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because my my best man at my wedding, Chris, is a a great guy. He had an awesome career on Lynx. He's a great guy. There's some awesome careers out there on all types. But people can't be expected to know what you want to do.
0: Yeah, okay, you, fair enough.
1: You've got to tell people, yeah, and that yeah. goes in life. It's a life lesson right there, isn't it? You've got to tell people, you know, um, make it clear. So, but by all means, go and experience other things as well. I know people that have been out to theatre on Chinook and stuff like this and had an awesome time. And uh, my, my kid brother's career on Hercules, he was a KJAP uh, captain, he had – so much more of a varied career than mine i mean he went rogue and afghan all sorts of crazy stuff working with the americans wearing yeah. bandanas and double strap pistols and all sorts of crazy stuff landing on <laughs> dirt strips at night and you know all that. i mean awesome career don't get me wrong um yeah. and i sort of sat around air bases on on jets so each career has its own fundamental interests. so don't don't yeah. reject all of them and the more you get to know them the more you might find you prefer something else so that's why you need to go and speak to people basically yeah of course yeah so all right cool so you're going to find something to do um you're going to bounce around the air force looking for some some awesome things and stuff like that and then how do you feel about because i know i know people are interested especially your generation so operations that kind of thing being away from home for a long period of time you'll probably be a bit older actually you won't of course because you're 19 now so you'll be mid-20s probably when you're operational um probably won't affect you too much. though. a lot of people in go in at 24, 25, of course, they're not going to be operational till their early thirties, mm. starting a family. So a lot of bases, quite remote. Um, have you got any feelings about that? What about if you go fast jets, for example, and you go from prefect on the East coast of the country, and then you go all the way across the Valley, and then you do your T six and your Hawk T two training and you're at Valley for two years. Now, mm. how do you feel about that?
0: Um, I mean, can't actually try it. Obviously, it, I, can't, it, yeah. I, can't yeah, I can't tell it. you. I've not been to uh, I've not been to Bali. It's somewhere I'd like to at least um, have a look at. Um, and I think whether I get a holding post there or not, um, I'll definitely you know make a visit or two um, whilst I'm in the holding period. Yeah. Um, if it if it means I can get onto a fast check course, yeah, by all means. Um, yeah. Fine. Um, and I know I'm going to be really sort of bogged down with the actual training anyway. Um, and sort of be surrounded by similar people. I suppose if I was, if I was doing a slightly less technical role there, and I didn't have so much to do, um, perhaps I would have felt a bit. I'd feel a bit isolated, you know, in Anglesey. Um,
1: people do bomb bursts at the weekend. Unfortunately, now it's a slightly different culture. Not saying it's a bad one, but you're in yeah. Manchester anyway, so you're just down the A55. Yeah, yeah, two hours for you to get home. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, I like what you said though about. That's obviously where flying training is. That's some of the best flying you can do in the country, by the way, out of Valley. Go to LFA 7, low flying area 7, extends all the way down to um, the whole of Wales, and you get yourself out there. And this is when you see the McCunthillis Loop and all those kind of Dalgethlu and everything else down there. So it's some great Valley flying. Um, But of course, now the problem is, I guess, for a lot of people, whereas they would have been at York on the the Decano, they're now going to be at Valley on the T6, and they're going to be at Valley on the Hawk as well. They're going to go through 25 and then 4 as well. So, and a a friend of mine's a boss on 4. It's just a long period of time time i'd say embrace the valley life though i was there for a decade so get out sure. in the hills all that kind of stuff you know and also and i'll i'll just quickly say when i was asked uh when i transferred out the navy into the air force and they said where do you want what do you want to fly where do you want to go i said tornado g 4 at Lossiemouth, because i was never going to go and live at lossy i'm from portsmouth you know yeah, yeah there's no chance of me living at Lossie, so the service gives you the chance to embrace these different kind of locations right so. yeah yeah that's, that's pretty cool. Um, mm. What about like hobbies, interest in the service? Yeah, one thing I try and tell people, you have to remember the service that lets you do some really great things. If you've got an interest in skiing or you've never skied before, for example, yeah. especially when you're holding, it's a crazy opportunity to yeah. and do some of that you know and there's eagle schemes they go and teach you all these kind of things um i would there's a downhill one i can't remember what it's called now someone will fill it in the comments but um there's one i did as well which is nordic skiing so yeah. go and literally walk around germany in, in in january i think it is on nordic skis that's that's pretty cool there's a load of stuff to do a uh, load of sports where you are especially so really get yourself involved in that um anything you're looking at then so what's your long-term plan how long have you got to sign up for now
0: so it's 12 years with a yeah. four-year reserve um commission at the end so 12 to
1: 16
0: yeah um, absolutely yeah um so obviously i am 19 um and at the end of the day um i think this this career is especially the flying training one is something that is you're going to invest so much in that i couldn't imagine myself i don't think i would have signed up to it if i planned to Get in and get out in six years yeah. or eight years. So it's not—it's not like a shock to me. Um, I think perhaps it might be more of a. Um, maybe it might feel uh, like more of a sort of I don't know. So some people will see it as a bit of a noose, um, and so they won't do it. Wow. Um, but if you—if you—if you go, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But if you're going to go and do seven years of training, then I suppose for me it doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't really
1: matter. No, it doesn't matter. And the thing is, you've got to have a return. Flying training's a very lengthy process, of course, and it yeah, takes yeah. a lot of effort. Um so Twelve years to me did not sound very much. I did twenty in the end and I, I loved it, don't get me wrong. I would go back yeah. I would go back tomorrow, but I wouldn't if you know what I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I've done it. It's like um we were talking just before we started this about um plain old Ben who's got a YouTube mm. channel, it's fantastic, he's a he's yeah. a good friend of mine. He's always at airborne filming his stuff with GoPros everywhere, isn't he? He's crazy. Yeah. Uh so he's got a good Instagram if people are interested in, in light aircraft flying, look for plain old Ben, go and find him. Um and uh he keeps wanting me to go flying with him, like I keep saying. I just <laughs> I just it's nothing to do with him it's just he gets all upset he gets all upset uh, it's um i flew for 20 years without a break <laughs> I, I never had a ground tour and the last thing i want to do at the moment is jump in an airplane i'm just giving, I'm giving it some time you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, saying that my brother wants me to go and visit him in in uh, dubai pretty soon so i'm gonna have to get on a big airliner and he's probably going to be flying it and Shudder. I'll uh yeah, he's younger than me. I after to look after him. But that's pretty cool. So we what I was gonna ask the last thing for people that really uh are obviously following Fast shit Performance. I'll be putting a lot of stuff out like this. It's um basically it's high performance for everyday people, which includes me now because I'm in business and stuff at the moment. Uh, what did you get out of stuff that I'd written that helped you was it in any way like motivating was that it or was there you do realize about failure was it, it was it was all right to fail thing or was there anything that you went you know what that's kind of helped me i'm gonna i'm gonna drive i'm gonna use that as a kind of thing to move myself forward
0: yeah i thought a lot of the stuff on failure was actually really interesting so i sort of initially started watching um and reading your blogs vlogs yeah. uh, um obviously due to the fact that it was um due to the fact that you were a you know military pilot and i can't think of another raf person Um, that is on on, on YouTube, you know, there's a couple of US Navy, US Mm. Air Force guys doing that, Um, but there was no one in the RAF, so that's why I got interested. Um, I then went on to read some of the stuff about um, when you were actually on deployments, and then I moved on to looking at some of the sort of leadership stuff, which I then, you know, found really interesting, because obviously I ended up writing to you in the end um and a lot of stuff about failure obviously you mentioned um before about you know the sort of fairly controversial um post you made about um that sort of deliberate failure because you know because it set that person up and that sort of um sort of resonated with me a bit because obviously you do fail and failing is learning um at the end of the day so yeah i thought it was quite cool yeah
1: That's interesting because I try and get people to write, by the way. Uh, A guy recently uh, on LinkedIn, I liked his article. He'd written about depression or something, uh, an XGR backseater, X-Tornado backseater. So I try and get people to write. But when you write, you you become very exposed. So when I was writing on the squadron, I knew this was happening, and I was OC standards anyway, and my writing was for the students in flying training, and I was like, guys, we've got to be honest about this because very soon you're going to be over North Syria and no one else is going to be the airplane with you, okay? So you've got to be able to deal with these kind of things yourself, and that's why I started writing. But um, the article about failure, now, that's not a traditional way of of dealing with students. We don't go, you know what, we're going to fail you. And this, I think, yeah, yeah, because that's that's never going to work out well for anyone to to say, we're going to fail you and see how you deal with that. You know, that's not... that's not it the the person in question had 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 a bad run and we you know my team of 12 we were all discussing it for a long time and it was a case of well if we if we get this person towards the end of the course they're going to fail anyway at a really really damaging time they haven't failed in their life already let's stop them flying now let's stop them now we'll put them back through six trips and just solidify their training see how they get on with it see how they cope and hopefully and now they're flying typhoon out, yeah yeah so And I think a lot of um, uh, it's very easy to to be critical of people that put themselves online because obviously, you know, we're we're exposed. So you can you can throw a comment out and then you can go and have a bath. It doesn't matter. Go to bed. I have to deal with that comment. I have to kind of answer that. And um, a couple of my instructors said that they said, that's the wrong thing to do. And I said, well, that's not the wrong thing to do, because if we hadn't done it. Um, well not my instructors these were instructors on the on a different squadron but if we hadn't done it then that person would never have got to the front line and we've spent seven million pounds on that person
0: sure.
1: we have a responsibility to look, look after them so that's what i say in your flying training you're going to fail something you just do. Yeah. Yeah. did you fail any ppl trips at all when you were doing that i've,
0: I've not really done enough to, no okay okay yeah
1: um but yeah. You, you will i mean it's one of those things you never have you never have great yeah. days. You can you, One of the things is you never see all the problems that everyone else sees. This is why you have course folders. You put all your tick sheets in so everyone can see them. Uh, the moment you start hiding your tick sheets, you know, your course grade sheets in flying, the moment you start hiding them is the moment you're going to start failing trips because you're not going to, you're going to hide yours and someone else is not going to show you theirs, the whole course fragments, yeah. then I come along as an instructor and I say, right guys, we're going to fail all four of you unless you give us your grade sheets now and you put them in that folder and you sit down and you read each other's grade sheets because I can't, I, I might give you a series of emergencies one trip, but your buddy, I have to give him a different series of emergencies yeah. and I have to give, yeah. so you won't see his emergencies and he won't see yours and, and you've got to share that knowledge, Yeah. yeah? so it's about teamwork going through the whole thing and if you don't you just see whole courses destroy themselves it's horrendous and there's no need to it so um there's no need for it so we're quite animated when when courses don't look after each other and we just stop them flying literally right you guys are going to stop flying sit on the ground for a week get to the bar chat to each other whatever and come back and improve and if you haven't improved we'll fail the whole course you know what i mean and it's been done before courses have failed so, yes, you, you will. Take the knock if you do fail a trip. It's nothing personal. It's just that yeah. they need to get that information in you somehow. Mm. Look, that's awesome. Your knowledge has been it's been really useful, I think, for a lot of people. And I will deal with the email fallout from this where everyone now writes to me. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> because of you. Well, I mean, yeah. I, mean um, I think on some of the topics, I might have been a little bit sort of in specific. Now, you said before that right. I was on the um, – I'm part of that patreon forum yeah so if there are people that want to sort of ask like specific questions um i'll say that i was the guy in this video and if you um if you want to ask um that's fine i've just got one question yeah uh for you um that i think um i mean there's something that i've been interested in obviously you're an instructor um do you ob- obviously the guys that go to fast jet um and obviously it's a select few i have Demonstrated that they're obviously um above average in their flyability now do you look for a certain personality type as well uh, you know sort of different um traits you know for that person um, or is it purely based on their their flying
1: no it's not based on the fly you have to remember a lot of people don't want to fly fast jets so mm. they, they genuinely don't and i fully understand this i mean there's a lot to be said. Like my kid brother, you know, him throwing a Hercules into, you know, landing on a, on a beach or whatever at night to pick up special forces. I mean, that stuff is crazy hard it's, it really is so it's a very different skill set to say uh, a fast jet guy or who's a very much information processing machine especially at medium level now or a rotary mate who's you know literally bringing his his uh helicopter into hot landing zones taking rounds in it you know firing out from the window getting the boys yeah. out it, it i think a lot of people when especially when they hold they go to different areas and they say you know what i don't care i want to be a i want to go and i want to fly merlin or puma or whatever or chinook whatever it is i want to fly a400 and then they they throughout flying training they tell their instructor look i'm i'm deep into this airplane and you'll find instructors in your flying training that have flown that before and you'll just grow to those people or yeah. you might find a guy that you hugely respect and you go up to him and you start chatting in the bar or whatever or in the gym and he's like uh, maybe he's a Herc mate or something and you're like i love his stories i really want to be part of that so there's a lot of self-selection that goes on okay. and i don't think people realize that so uh obviously i did phase four flying training so my guys were all my guys and girls were all jet people anyway yeah, um yeah. so all we had to do was pretty much work out which type of aircraft they flew which for me was either going to be for these guys it was going to be um f-35 typhoon or, or tornado mm-hmm. and a lot of guys for example wanted to fly when i say guys i mean guys and girls i'm just yeah, using yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of guys wanted to fly tornado because it was mandralic old school wings reheat last of the you know the, the real jets as it were yeah um other people love the typhoon, and then some some guys went. You know what? Can I get on the F thirty five? I think that whole kind of data processing stuff is going to be fascinating. So, you know, we're a bit. And, uh, you, it's really hard to explain, but when you do the the streaming, uh, and that's when you finish a course and the instructors so normally be someone like me oc standards and it would be maybe the, your flight commander whichever flight you're on uh, maybe your primary instructor if you still have a primary and early stage of flying training they go and sit around normally the station commander's there 22 group who are the group that you'll be under they're there on video link and they say, right, we've got these, um, these airplanes for these guys to go onto. How many have you got? And I'd say, well, I've got seven guys graduating uh, at the end of this week. Okay, let's talk it. And you spend about 30 or 40 minutes talking through each individual about, and the first thing you start with is you say, this guy really wants to go onto Typhoon. That's the okay. first thing, that 22 group here, because 22 yeah. group are the ones that tell us how many slots they have available. So we say, look, he really, he really wants to go Typhoon and he showed great aptitude for it and he's, he's worked really hard, etc., etc. Et and you go through everyone. And if we can match people to their aspirations, then you do. Mm. But if there's an RPAS slot or something that's up there and, or, or there's um, maybe a job at 100 Squadron or something, then you, you've got to work it out. You've got to say, well, we're going to have to put that guy into 100, we're going to have to put that guy in, onto something he doesn't want to be on. Um, and that's just how it is. But at, you're talking early stage now. So you're talking about what kind of personality and all I'd say yeah. is that it tends to be the guys that are quite self-assured, but they're not arrogant with it. And uh, yeah, pe- yeah. people like people like in flying, tra- not arrogant. That's the wrong word. What I mean is the guys that come through on jets tend to be less showy. I found less. showy. Yeah. Less showy. They're, um, they're quietly confident. Uh, but they, they're also really hardworking. So yeah. it's the guys The guys that end up on jets. I'm not saying the other strands aren't hardworking because they, they really, really are. But you have to remember as well that if you are struggling in your flying training, there tends to be a stress level that's animated. It's a bit more elevated. And so you, you tend to be a bit more... Um, i don't know you're not as quietly confident and self-assured because you're failing trips or you might struggle on a trip so there's a correlation now between people that tend to be doing better in flying training naturally and guys that are just generally quite confident on about themselves and quite self-assured and yeah i'm not saying it's the quieter types but if i put my money on it there'll probably be a lot more quiet types i guess in in jet world than there would be that's interesting i
0: didn't i sort of uh Yeah, because you have
1: this this stereotypical view of maybe people like, you know, I'm not saying anything against the Reds. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying anything's against the Reds. The Reds are great people, but uh, the Red Arrows, you know, the Red Arrows have got to be in front of the camera. You know, I'm in front of the camera, so I'm quite animated. But you you find a lot of jet guys are just not like that at all. Uh, That's interesting. Throw them in a bar on a Friday night, everyone gets naked. Of course they do. But, you know, in general, (laughs) (laughs) in general, um, you want to speak to my wife about being a jet pilot. It is quite... I hate to say tedious existence, it's quite repetitive, but everyone's quite down to earth. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, and you probably don't think they are because you probably haven't met a few yet, but they're just down to earth, quiet people. people, You don't need them, do you? Unless
0: you're around
1: them yeah um, yeah well i guess they've got nothing to prove have they either there's nothing to show no. they're just they're just happy to get on and do the job yeah. it's um same with special forces guys you know the special forces guys. isn't going to tell you special forces guy he's going to just sit in a bar and have a beer and go and have a workout because he's got nothing to prove yeah and a jet guy has got nothing to prove really so but also i think um people that go onto jets and, and fly jets uh within these flying training pipelines they've kind of come to terms with themselves about failure a lot. They've said, if I don't make this, I've got other options. Yeah. I'm, I'm working hard enough. I'm working – that's the wrong thing to say. I, I'm working as hard as I can to mm-hmm. make this come true for me, that if for some reason I don't get onto fast jets, yeah. I know I've done everything in, my, in myself to try. I'm not going to look back and regret this because I've worked as hard as I can. Um, I've been on the squadron you know, early. I've been on the squadron late. have done the work spoken to people about it, hit the books, helped out my team, helped out my course, you know, really got down to that. And if I fail something at the end and I don't make that grade by a little bit, you know i'm more than happy to go and fly something else and i'll be really privileged to do that because i know that i'm an officer first and i'm a pilot second and as long as you remember that you know your role is to to be an officer in Her majesty's royal air force first yeah. and piloting comes second then you'll have you'll have a great career it's a great time to be in there's so many awesome aircraft coming through at the moment seriously you know yeah. i i I'd, I look at my guys flying Lynx off the back of frigates. I've kept you a bit long. We better shut this up. But yeah, sure. And I've I've missed you know I I know I've missed a chunk of aviation that I will never get. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I would love to have gone back and been a Lynx pilot flying at night off the back of a ship that would scare the hell out of me. But you know, or doing what my my kid brother did, you know, Um, throwing throwing Hercules down valleys and stuff and landing on beaches and all the troops running out. Or you know. I think this it's just great. Whatever you go and fly now is just fantastic, and Sweet. that's it. So what I'm saying is don't manufacture your personality. That's not the okay. case.
0: Just fall into whatever it is, I guess. Yeah,
1: fall into whatever it is. But in flying training, just be that guy that's helping everyone else out. Yeah. and be enthusiastic about it because you might not get the chance. And here's the other yeah. thing as well. And I'll just leave you with this, just so you, just so you're under no illusions. But obviously, we've got a lot of people in flying training at the moment. Mm. Um, we're going to get them through. I say we. I'm not involved in it anymore. But you know, I know 22 groups. I speak to them. They are. They have got plans to get them through. We've got contingencies in place. Um, but obviously, holding is a bit of an issue. But back in 2008 what happened was they realized they had too many people in and they they um they they in effect sacked 170 students from flying training and i was one of the instructors and a lot of the students literally went overnight got great jobs with Cathay and some other airlines they're doing very well now they're getting Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah they want some big money but so they've obviously you know every cloud and stuff but what i'm saying is if for some reason you're not enjoying your flying training and then they make a whole world of guys redundant you'll regret not enjoying your flying training does that make sense? yeah yeah just really appreciate what you're doing what you're going through it's a really unique experience and you know when you get on a frontline type whatever give me a call and we'll talk about you know how those three or four hopefully three or four years have gone if it's if it's six or seven then something's gone wrong isn't it we'll do that we'll talk about your journey but that'd be awesome to um yeah have you got any other questions for me you know what to find me anyway you're in the patreon group you know seriously yeah, yeah. i'm always pointing a phone at my face and giving you guys free information this, this stuff is <laughs> this stuff is you know wherever i am i'm saying here's some stuff i want to tell you you know what I, mean? I say it's free it's not actually because you're paying 12 dollars a month for that privilege you're mm-hmm. so lucky uh,
0: sorry.
1: yeah i know exactly it helps me buy these really posh microphones and stuff yeah, yeah. we've covered the use of simulators which um we've yeah. stressed is very beneficial we've said that air training corps does have some benefits it's called air cadets now isn't it air yeah, well, does so, have yeah. yeah it does have some benefits and I think anything like that
0: I mean it's it, got loads of benefits I just didn't read them yeah no, it's, I, I it's an amazing organization yeah. it,
1: it really is it's struggling a little bit with the flying at the moment but it's coming back in now with AEF stuff so um, yeah. th- there's a lot of air experience flying um, love the fact that you did not go down that pipeline of doing maths and physics and what you went I'll do business because that's interesting business is interesting wow. economics is, is, is fascinating as well and then you went and picked something you really wanted to do which was drama which, which obviously allowed you to uh, to pull the wool over the face of OSC with your acting abilities, isn't it? So that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to tell everyone to go Navy Aptitude Test first because that's a bad thing, isn't it? Yeah. God, I get swamped with emails otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, you mentioned the app, that Pilot Aptitude Tests app. So I, I'll try and get a link to that.
0: It's, cool. an, it's an iOS app. I don't think it's not it, Android. Is it iOS? Yeah, yeah. But there's um Okay. There is a... Um, there's another app called Seabat literally it's called Seabat uh, it? which has got that and more so yeah. write that down as well yeah. Um, and yeah no to be honest I thought, I thought I'd throw in the uh, throw in the Navy thing and, and let you let you figure it out um, yeah yeah because it was it was a bit it was a bit, a bit of a fluke I thought I, I thought no, it was right.
1: good knowledge good knowledge and, and there's no reason why we shouldn't exploit that I tell people to put in dual applications Uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't put a dual application in you want to be a service pilot and it's very difficult when you're not actually serving to know which is the best which which service is more appropriate for you yeah you you don't you don't really know so get the application into a couple of services go and explore them phone them up and say can i go and do a visit at cold rose people Mm -hmm. used to phone me up as well people used to get on the website to me when i was flying at valley and say tim can i come up and see valley and i said yeah i've got a holding student will look after you i would get a holding student i say right give this guy call he wants to join the RAF. bring him up here if we can fly him we will but we might not be able to but we'd definitely get him up a valley and show him around the squadron so yeah if you don't ask you don't get you know that's the thing so definitely um, yeah i just rather people didn't phone me up to sort that out because i find it difficult now so i don't have the connection i have the connections but the the main connection is the boss of four and i'm not going to phone him up and try and get some holding officers (laughs) to to do anything because he's a mate of mine
0: Um, i mean is it a lot of um is it a lot of sort of who you know in the uh what the for, for?
1: Oh, for when you're going through and you want to hold, you want to go on holding?
0: Yeah, just for these little, you know. Um...
1: Um, uh, no, not really. It's not who you know. No, you're when you're in the service, you have to remember that you're a, a fellow officer in the in the service. So yeah. it's not who you know. We don't we don't do that. Some people might say, yeah, it is. It's not. Um, if we can accommodate people at Valley, uh, and someone writes to us and says. Can I come up, you know, I'm a holding officer, I'm pre-AFT or whatever, can I come to Valley? If I can fit him in on the squadron, there's no reason why I can't necessarily fit someone in there, especially yeah. if there's a job that I could get them to do. So I'm like, well, our admin lady, you know, she could really do with some help, so... Yes, come up here. The thing is, what I don't want is a holding officer sat around doing nothing. We had a holding officer come up, great guy, real, real clever guy. He was just out of IoT, like he was into coding and stuff, and he wrote some some uh, some domestic stuff for us and everything. Helped us um, get airborne and, and get all the get all the the maths done and everything like that. So that was real useful. So you know, that kind of stuff. We just don't want holding people sat around getting bored. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot to do at Valley now. There's a lot to do. So if you want to go to Valley, but there's other places, of course, as well. A hundred squadron is pretty good for um, taking people. Uh, Actually,
0: but, uh, I went there for a day. Uh, you did, eat. yeah. yeah I, I didn't go near any planes because uh, they were a bit busy. But, uh, yeah, they are busy.
1: They're about to get even busier with flying training pretty soon. See, I know. right uh, I'm not um, a fan of that. That's that's an initiative I'm going to find I find difficult to put guys. It's so we have
0: some of them on a the T1 and some of them on T2.
1: Well, they're going to have to do a bit of T2 time coming off T1. Uh, I can't see how you send a T1 guy onto F-35. I don't think that's a responsible thing to do in in any stage. Um, I think you've got to put them back through T2. So now you've got the burden still on t2 the burden is still there on these these 28 airplanes split across two squadrons to take you know whatever you know i'm not in the system anymore i just i I feel sorry for the guys on 100 squadron i know who they are i know who the the ex-instructors because i flew with them who are now flying as aggressors on 100 that are gonna have to do this instruction on 100 and um it's a deviation from their core task is what i'm saying Uh, I don't even want to get into UKMFJS at the moment because I get myself into <laughs> trouble but you know how I feel about it um, we spoke about confidence yeah. and humility I really like the fact you brought that up and we put enthusiasm in there as well because uh, you know, you, you've know got to be enthusiastic about what you've, you've got to now. in
0: there you? but uh,
1: well, what you if you weren't what, what if you weren't enthusiastic and you, know, you failed flying training or if you weren't enthusiastic and you failed OASC can you imagine that you be sitting at home now you're going I wish I'd shown a bit more enthusiasm
0: yeah you fake it till you make it
1: yeah yeah. <laughs> you get up there enjoy the process you know seriously try and enjoy it and that's yeah. brilliant so that, there's a lot we got out of that I think that's awesome I think the guys are going to really appreciate you sacrificing your time oh
0: no it's cool no it's a pleasure to pleasure uh, so to be honest um... yeah
1: that's alright that's alright that's really great so you're not working at the moment and you're waiting for your entry
0: yeah I got my formal offer through last week um, so excellent. I'm still waiting for my security clearance okay um, but I just, I've just, uh. I sucked off Nando's and I thought I'll just deal with the financial consequences for the next few months. Uh, take
1: out a credit card. <laughs> That's awful. You could have given me like a free card for Nando's. I hadn't been to Nando's before. Oh,
0: okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get
1: yeah. You. Okay, yeah. Worry. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I was literally I was working down uh, with a company for Asdot. This whole new big program that unfortunately has yeah. now been not supported by the MOD. But I had to go and eat out every night. I was in hotels and I drove past the Nando's. I'd never been to Nando's before ever in my yeah, it's life. Super,
0: it's overrated. I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> it's
1: it. I <laughs> So I went in there. I literally went in. I didn't realize you had to. You literally you, you go and order at the, at the till. Yeah, you, you, you pay. It and you, yeah, then you sit down. So I went. I literally went up to this lady and I said, um, "This this girl serving there." I said, "I don't know what I'm doing. Can you get a menu? Can you order for me?" And I'm just going to go and pay money. And, and that's what she did. She ordered me some chicken wings. Everything. I sat down. You, you put that sauce thing on them. I don't even. I don't. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, not me. You know what? It's it's uh it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. To be honest, we get a lot like I um. The, the the restaurant that I've worked in is in a really affluent area. Oh, yeah. uh, it's it's full of snobs. Um, a lot of <laughs> who have no idea what they're doing. So they'll, they'll they'll walk in, they'll walk straight past you, and then they'll say, well, "Why the no menus? Oh well, you've just walked straight past me, haven't you?" Uh, oh, that, that,
1: that was me. I had no idea. I'm like, yeah, I'm lost. You, you wouldn't have been. A, you wouldn't have been. <laughs> you get a lot of uh,
0: seriously <laughs> a lot of the, Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. I've been, I've been there long enough. Yeah, I've, exactly, exactly. You've done
1: past. your you've done your time in Nando's. You've done your, done your three years in Nandes. You've you sacrificed yourself in Nandes. I should be very proud of what you've done. Excellent. Well, look, I really appreciate it. It's been a great chat. I'll, um, I'll get this yeah. out over the next couple of days anyway, and um, hopefully, you know, people will really benefit from it. So I really appreciate for you feeding back into this, and um, that's awesome. All right?
0: Yeah, so if, um, if you've got a link to the actual Patreon forum, yes. where, the, you know, where you said the fallout is going to come out, um. I don't mind answering some own questions. Just,
1: yeah. Just please. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be um. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll, what I I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll put this obviously on Patreon, yeah. and it's full. You know, I'll put the full this this whole full thing there. Because um, what I tend to do is I tend to abbreviate a little bit now onto YouTube or something because it's, it's easier for yeah. for us to do that. And then cool. what happen People will watch this on Patreon in the in the Warrior forum, and if you go onto Patreon and you just or Patreon slash Tim Davies, you know, you'll yeah. find that that Warrior. You know where it is. You, you know, I'm saying for other people the performance warrior forum come and join us in that and uh and that's where the people get this full they'll get this full uh interview thing and then they can comment and then if you want to be answering questions or our answer questions anyway it doesn't matter cool. it'll be in
0: there yeah. it'll
1: be cool all right um so, yeah. i'll do this bit now where i sign off and then i'll say goodbye <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah that's the cool yeah. okay well thanks so much and jamie I really appreciate it as i said any comments then whack them down in the youtube comments i'll try and get some answers for you else join us over at patreon then search for tim davies it's the fast jet performance um high performance warrior forum where we talk about these things and i'll give you some real kind of advice about high performance for everyday people thanks so much then tim davies fast jet performance